I get back from the long run and I like have a protein drink in the shower and then I put my legs up. Like I wasn't doing any of that when I was 19 years old. I was finishing a meet. We'd get our bus would get back to Boston and we would all just start drinking in the shower. Like I would be having shower beers. Welcome back to the next episode of the Trail Running Women podcast. I have a guest today that I know you are all going to be so excited to hear from. We're chatting with Laura Green, the new internet sensation. I feel like so cheesy saying that, but it is true. So if you are a runner, you undoubtedly have had one or two of her Instagram posts sent to you to basically say, hey, this is you. Uh, I've had countless of them, usually for sandbagging or various other things that are mildly embarrassing, but I'm also very aware that they happen. So she does such an amazing job of poking fun at all of us, but in still a pop, like not, not an offensive way. You're just, a, you're just like, yeah, that's what we do. Uh, but let's embrace our weirdness as runners. So it is so much fun to follow along as she's growing and getting more involved in the running community in general. I think inspiring people that are maybe nervous to get started, to call out all the weird things that are not actually intimidating. They just appear intimidating and we can all get that out there and try running. So she was a road runner and a track runner, but we chat a lot about things that happen in the trails uh, because it all becomes one thing and about parenting and about her life kind of growing up and whether or not she was always the funny one or always an athlete, her goals moving forward. So it's just sort of fun. We just catch up as though we were um, meeting for a long run and seeing what it is like to be in the brain of Laura Green. So you guys are going to love this episode. If you want to find her Instagram, if for some reason you have not seen them in the past, it is Laura McGreen. So Laura MC Green, all one word. And of course, I'll link to that in the show notes. I want to thank everybody who is writing um, reviews or clicking that five-star button. That is definitely the best way to get more awesome guests like Laura on the show. So thank you so much. If you want to find the backlog of the episodes, they are up on Patreon and you can find that in my Instagram link uh, at hillsport55. So go check those out there. Other than that, it is mid-January. Like things are happening. So a lot of people reached out after last week's episode about what they wanted to try doing now that it's new year and resolutions are kind of silly, but it is a fun time since race registration opens to look at what you're going to do. So it's been fun getting um, stoke level high with everybody about what their 2023 life is going to look like. And I'm freezing and soaking wet because I'm in Canada. So I guess I'm just putting that out there that I too am excited to think about summer races and being uncomfortably hot. So yeah, that's my weather tidbit. Okay, that's enough blabbing. I will get straight to the interview. Here is Laura. All right, welcome back to the next episode. I'm here today with a guest I've been excited to chat with since your Instagram joke started flooding my inbox a few months ago, calling <laughs> out all runners for our ridiculousness while simultaneously making us feel better about ourselves, which is a pretty impressive skill. And fresh off the NYC marathon, welcome to the show, Laura Green. Hi, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited. I've done almost 200 interviews and I'm like, this is the most nervous I've ever been. So. No, what, you say that every time. Okay. I don't. I oh don't. my gosh. <laughs> and I got you like fresh out of bed. Like it's 6 a.m. where you are right now. <laughs> I know, but that's good. This is most of my, if anybody's ever in Pacific time, I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I don't right. know if we're going to find a time together. Okay, so for our listeners, 
I'm sure everybody's heard of you, but if they haven't, you have just blown up on Instagram recently with like hilarious bits that are so relatable to everybody. But before we get into those, let's start with just a history of your life, because from my creeping skills, this kind of thing is pretty new to you. So let's start with like, were you a runner as a kid? Um, What were your original goals with running and career and that sort of thing? Yeah. So, okay. Ready for my life story? (laughs) Yes. That's what we do. Yeah. So I grew up in upstate New York, uh, Hopewell Junction, New York, and I am from a big family. So there's five of us. I'm the middle. Um, I have an older brother, older sister, younger brother, younger sister. So like I kind of have it all. Um, and we're all athletes. So big soccer players, basketball players. And then my older brother got into running cross country when he hit high school. And then it just kind of took off from there because I, it's not a sport that my parents knew. It's not something that was like built into our family. My parents are not runners. So it just, it was because of my brother that we all ended up being runners. Um, he was really good. And then, so then my sisters and I were like, well, are we going to be good? You know? <laughs> um, so my older sister got really into it. They ended up doing track, uh, indoor and outdoor track as well. I continued on with basketball through high school and I did cross country basketball and then we had soccer in the spring. And then I did track like a couple years when I realized that like I needed to do it to get into a college I wanted to go to. Um, but I feel really grateful for all of that. Like I'm ha- really happy. I never did indoor track in high school when like everyone's running circles around the shoveled parking lot it just looked so hard, <laughs> depressing, uh, while I was in my warm gym. Um, and I just think it just made me a stronger, stronger runner in the end, uh, because we were a very, uh, very big high school. And because of that, we also had a really strong track program. So we had some very, very fast runners on our team, um, which was incredible. Um, but it also just like can feed into a really competitive culture and our coaches did an amazing job of making sure that they, we like remembered that we were teenagers first and students and before we were runners. Um, so anyways, it just felt, it just like built a really strong base for me, which I feel really fortunate for now being 36 years old and watching those, the kids on the social media. (laughs) And I feel so bad in a way of like these runners that are like posting about their races. And I'm like, you're 14. Um, that's what I was going to say. That's so amazing because like I said, we've had so many interviews and a lot of people have run in college or high school. And you honestly might be the first person who was like, yeah, my coach really reminded me like that I was a child first and not a 14 year old that needed to be five pounds less or something. Oh my gosh. We had the best coaching staff ever. Steve Perks and Mary Sclafani were unbelievable. And they were able to get the best out of us. Like we're competing at the highest level. Um, But then they were also like looking over at some of the top teams in New York state. And I'm not going to call them out, but they're still a problem today. And everyone knows who they are. I mean, you have these, especially the girls team, you have these prepubescent, girls who are so, so tiny and they're being encouraged to stay tiny. And when they get their periods, it's like this really 
traumatic experience because it usually means a little bit of weight gain and a body change. And it's just so terrible. Whereas like our coach like had a full on party for us. If anyone ever got their period, (laughs) (laughs) um, and made it something that we could like talk about. And I just, I didn't even know the impact they were having me at the, uh, on me at the time, but it was so important. And my coaches even like, they were like, okay, like you probably should be doing track. Like you probably shouldn't be on the basketball court if you want to be a D one runner. But if this is what you want to do and it makes you happy, go for it. Like they weren't pressuring me or my parents to put me in track, you know, like those decisions were really pivotal in just making sure that I was a lifelong runner and not just a runner that, that only made it to age 18. I think it has to be fun first. Yeah. Uh, My parents did a great job of that too. I was a hockey player and I knew a lot of people that like, even, and I played in the NCAA as well, once they got there, they were like afraid to leave the dressing room after because of how mad their parents might be or something. And then as soon as they had like enough confidence to quit, they did. What is the point of this? Right. Yeah. And I mean, certain sports really like you you probably don't really extend your whole life. Like I'm sure there's pickup hockey right now, but it's a little bit harder to do. Whereas like running (laughs) truly is a lifelong sport if you can manage it. And so I don't know. I haven't like entered that space yet of like working with high school runners, but I, it's in the back of my mind because of like giving back to like what I was given, um, and what I was like able to gain from it and just seeing how important it is to have the right role models in your, in your corner. Totally. But you could argue that you're doing that already. Um, (laughs) because you're saying, calling out the stuff that everybody's thinking and then we're like, Oh, never mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so then how was your university experience? University experience was very fun. So I went to Northeastern University in Boston and um I ran the 800, did cross country indoor and outdoor and it was um the coaching wasn't the same. <laughs> it's a little bit different of an experience for sure, but I had the best team. So honestly, like I did not capitalize on (laughs) like proper training. I mean, I trained really hard, but I look back on it and I'm like, well, I also partied really hard. (laughs) I I can relate to that. Cafeteria experience. Um, Again, I'm very lucky. I didn't have coaches ever really talk to me about my weight or anything like that. That wasn't part of my culture uh, of running, but um, definitely wasn't like hitting my potential, which as a runner, like kind of like I think about now and I'm like, man, if I just had like the right coaching combined with like the right nutrition, like I wonder what I could have done. Oh <laughs> Who my God. could I yes. have been, you know? But um, isn't that saying like the youth is wasted on the young or something? Like yes. at 36, you're like, oh yes, yes, that's correct. Right, right. <laughs> like I think about like how, how my 36 year old body, like, needs rest and (laughs) like recovery. And like, I get back from a long run and I like have a protein drink in the shower. And then I put my legs up. Like I wasn't doing any of that when I was 19 years old, I was finishing a meet. We'd get our bus would get back to Boston and we would all just start drinking in the shower. Like I would be having shower beers. And so I like, look at that and I'm like, Oh, poor body. (laughs) You poor thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> but it was fun. It was so fun. It was so fun. And (laughs) lifelong friends. So like, I don't know, that's more so what I gained from college where the friendship's not really the running PRs. Um, (laughs) But no, I felt really grateful. I mean, I was able to run at a high level and with like a a really great team. Like we had, um, we actually switched conferences halfway through college. So we were first in America East, then CIA. And we were always like in the top of our... um, if not winning the the titles. So like it was cool to be on like a really fast team. Like we had incredible sprinters on our team. It was just really fun. But yeah. And then, so I graduated college and I was like, I don't ever want to see a track again. And I still kind of feel that way. <laughs> um, so I just kind of kept running for fitness and fun and have like started entering marathons, but just to more like as a fundraising thing. And I had like no concept of how to train for a marathon. The 800 is a lot different than the 26 miles. Um, And I still kind of stand by that. Um, But yeah, the, so I did like a handful. I don't know. I've done like a handful of marathons over the years. I've always trained enough to like get to the starting line well, but I don't think I've ever, I don't know what proper training is for a marathon. Like I know mileage wise, but in terms of like workout and speed and like really getting your PR down, like, I I don't know. I've never done that because I've never, never, you're going to have like 800 coaches in your inbox after this. Oh no, I have a coach. I do have a coach now. My friend Amanda (laughs) Mears. Okay, good. Disclaimer. But I, she just kind of like, she knows my personality though. So she, <laughs> she's like, I'm not about to give her like, yeah, so 800s. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's going to think of that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know. Like, and I've done like one trail 50K. I've done a couple trail marathons. <laughs> that That was really fun. I lived in San Francisco for seven years. So a big part of my running was just like fire road trail running. Um but again, it was never really training hard for anything. It just was has been a big part of my running community friendship. You know, it's just like like how you said this was like a long run. Like that's a big part of my social life. Uh, it's just the most fun way to connect with people. So totally, and that, and yeah, it gets me that. here. Yeah. So were you? This is such a weird question, but like, were you the funny person on the team in university as well? No, I have so many funny friends (laughs) and I actually was so honored. I got to do a panel sitting next to Alicia Montano, uh, before the marathon. And she obviously was a professional 800 meter runner. And I asked her, I was like, am I the only one who thinks that like middle distance runners are the funniest people on the team? And she's like, absolutely. (laughs) Like the four by eight. Was always, and I was trying to figure out, I've been trying to figure out how to do a skit about this, but like the difference between watching the four by eight teams warm up compared to like the four by one is so different. Like the four by one, like they're doing all these serious plyos and handoffs. The four by eight is like catching leaves coming off the trees and like, (laughs) like they're just like a different brand of human. Um, I think it just is like a little masochistic to like choose that as your event. So like you have to have a good sense of humor about it. Um, But yeah, so like my friends are like way funnier than I am. Um, They're less likely to put a camera in front of their face. So like that's the reason that they're not out there doing what I'm doing. But like they are, they're funnier than I am for sure. 
I guess you, yeah, you have to be surrounded by the people you want to be like or whatever that. Yeah, yeah, whatever cheesy that thing is like. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I didn't know that about middle distance, but it makes sense. I feel like it's like a goalie in hockey. Like they're just yeah. to choose that something is off. <laughs> Something's a little off, and and you just have to yeah roll with it. <laughs> so after university, you're just running for fun. What did your career path uh, look like? So I'm a physical therapist. Um, so when I graduated, me and my best friend, who's actually not a runner, which is like a fun balance um, to have friends that are not runners too. <laughs> um, her and I were traveling physical therapists. So we moved every like three to six months. Um, and we lived in all these different cities around the US and took these terrible jobs. But we had such a good time. It was, we kind of compared it to being a college student, but with a really nice paycheck. Um, so we like lived in Chicago and then San Francisco and then Boston. And then I went up to Alaska by myself for a summer. Um, mm -hmm. and then in between we would travel. So one time we went, um, in between contracts, we went to Nepal and India for a few months. And then one time we went to Turkey and Greece for a few months and like just live in life. Um, so that's also why I was never really into like racing or anything because I was just kind of running to explore these new cities that I was living in. And yeah, so then I like after going back to SF three times, the third time I met my now husband and then we just stayed for five years um, where I started November Project San Francisco. So I brought November Project out there and again, just like wanted to meet more people like me. So I started a thing that would attract them to it. <laughs> Smart. So I was like, I need friends who wants to work out in the mornings with me. And so like, that's really like, I think especially the people in San Francisco are probably not that surprised by this, like newest, like influx of videos because I seriously treated like November project as like my stand up bit routine session. <laughs> like, it was Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So three times a week, I got to stand up in front of a group and tell jokes and like see how see what was working. Awesome! <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm, a, that. I'm not even a stand up comedian, but it was just like my outlet and like my way to like kind of like chat in front of people, um, which is something I really enjoy. And so yeah, and so I forget what the question was. Oh, my career. So and then we moved back here when I had my first kid. Uh, to Boston. And yeah, I was, I've been a PT pandemic, shut it down. I stayed home with my kid. I realized that six months of being home with an 18 month old is like, not it. <laughs> yeah. I've always known that like stay at home parents are like far superior to me, but like that really just hit it home. I was like, go to school. And so we finally got him back into daycare um, and I went back to work, uh, in a hospital and then this started picking up and I was like, I could take a break from PT. I, I like taking breaks from PT. It's not the first time that I've done it or that I've like slowed it down and only done a few shifts a week. And I've always liked the balance of one, like a P a healthcare job and then a creative job. So yeah. yeah and it's not like, it's not a job that you can go back to. So how old are your kids? You have two now, right? I got two kids. They are four and one and a half. So you are in a busy household. I'm in it. 
And What's your favorite age so far? Lucas. I actually really like where the four-year-old is at. 18 months is super cute, but he's still not talking much. And it's just a lot of grunting. <laughs> uh, whining. Um, whereas the four-year-old's like very much a person. Like we can go out and do fun things together. Um, but the four-year-old is very, very, very uh, attached to the 18-month-old. It's very sweet. And so the two boys are inseparable and he doesn't even want to go out. Like I'm like, you want to have a special afternoon with mom? And he's like, no, only if Julian comes. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> Julian ruins everything. <laughs> like we can't even bring him to the library. He just tears all the books off the walls. Like I need just a little calm. But um, yeah, they're they're awesome. It's just very loud. Very, very loud in our house. Yes. So yeah, I can definitely relate to that. And that's actually really nice. Like I have a three-year-old and we're considering a second kid, but I'm like, I am worried that the older one would just murder him at this point, but maybe in real Uh, life it's different. Yeah. I mean, that might happen, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, one time I left them alone and Julian had a pillow over, Jack had a pillow over Julian's face. Like stuff like that happens, like unintentional murders. But I, um, they are like wildly in love. Like they have so much fun together. And I was like, Oh, this was a good choice. And I'm also really lucky that I was able to conceive a second, you know, like um, I know a lot of people don't have that. So I just, I don't know. It's, it's been both like uh chaotic, but also nice. Cause they are starting like, we're almost at the age where Julian can actually be trusted in the other room with Jack, you know? Um Oof. I'll like yeah, sweat a little bit just when you said that. The younger one is like far more aggressive and far more physical. Jack is like a pretty docile four-year-old. Like he's not about to get physical with his little brother, but Julian will come in and tackle him from the, the waist or like pull his hair. Or <laughs> So I don't know. It's always like Julian I'm worried about. Like he's going <laughs> to he's gonna tear Jack down. <laughs> Boys are so funny. Oh, they're wild. They so- are wild. Actually, that's kind of, um, I was going to ask that anyways, and you hinted to it there. Like parenthood is so amazing and so hard all at the same time. All the cliches are hundred percent true. So like, mm-hmm. what is, what was the biggest surprise in like a positive note for parenting for you that you didn't expect? Ooh, Ooh. Um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like what you just said. Like I, I didn't think it would be so fulfilling. Pilling. <laughs> so bad. That sounds so bad. Um, I always like knew I wanted kids, but I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to be a mom. Like the mom identity was something that I never really bought into, and I still feel a little weird wearing. But um, that yeah, d- it's like so fun to like. Also, like when you see them do something nice or kind, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, thank God!" Oh, okay, so something we're doing is sticking. Or like when the other day he went um to another person's house and like to get everyone's attention, he said, "Excuse me," and I was like swelling with pride because like <laughs> usually he just like screams until he gets someone's attention, and I was like, "Okay, something is sinking in." Like the eight million times I've said please say, excuse me, is sinking in. Like, I don't know. It's like you, you're actually seeing all of this hard work that you and your partner are doing actually come like, you know, achieve a goal. And you're like, okay, okay. This is actually very, um, just like very fulfilling. Just like, I didn't, I don't know. 
And yeah, it's no, fun. I, it. I, think, I think I'm like, I think I'm still like so much in the thick of it that like, it's fun, but I think I'm like about to have even more fun. I think I'm going to thrive when they're like five to 10 years old. Yeah. And you can do adventures and stuff and like yeah. see them really like into stuff. Yeah. 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 Like no, no more diapers, no more like sleep schedules, no more naps. Like I just, I mean, I love, I love a nap, but like just kind of like go out, explore the day, like have meals that don't involve food throwing across the restaurant. Like I'm really excited for that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not holding my breath for that one. That's for sure. (laughs) That won't ever happen. (laughs) No, I don't. My husband still throws food across the restaurant. So no matter what, we're we're to that one. your video actually I think I have eight friends that are pregnant right now like out of my running friends I had a kid first is insane yeah so the video of like trying to go for a stroller run and all of them right now are like oh I'm just gonna finish my PhD while he's still a blob and I'm like I'm not gonna say anything but I'm just gonna send you this video and (laughs) and watch I'm just gonna so hard isn't it to like Cause you don't want to say anything. I didn't want to hear it when I was pregnant. And also like, you don't want to be the negative friend. And And you might have a baby that just wants to sleep and it might be totally possible. And then I'm just going to be raging with jealousy. I know. I know. And also like, this is what I, I think there is no, nothing to be gained about being the friend who, um, tells you all the things you won't be able to do. Totally. Right. Like, like what's that going to do? That's only going to make your pregnant friend kind of anxious and even more nervous about being a parent and feeling like their life is over. Like let them live in the bubble of optimism, <laughs> you know, let them have that. I mean, I have this ongoing joke with a couple of my friends where when I was pregnant with my first, I was telling, and they're guys, they're dads. And they were like, I was like, yeah, I just really want to buy like one of those sprinter vans and then we can like go up to Vermont, New Hampshire for the weekends, whatever. And they did everything they could to stifle their laughter. But then they it all came pouring out and they're like, you're not buying a sprinter van and you're not going camping. And I'm like, what are you talking about? We go camping every weekend. Like that's not going to stop. And there are incredible parents who make this happen. And maybe that will be you, but that hasn't been us. Like we have, we just like, haven't really tried that hard. And we realize that babies love routine. They love having their same spot. Like it's even like toddlers, like my, our kids, uh, I mean, you can, you can make them into whatever you want and I'll let you think that, but like sometimes like you just have to forfeit and say, okay, I'm not getting the sprinter van this year. <laughs> But when they're five and ten, the van will when come. They're between five and ten, that sprinter van. I'm, I'm eyeing it. I'm still eyeing it. <laughs> These guys check in with me like every six months, and they're like, "Hey, have you bought that van?" I'm like, "Shut <laughs> up!" <laughs> and you can do it. You can be like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to be the cool mom, and like we're going to go on this adventure, and like go out to this party, and my baby will just sleep in this room." But I'm like, the thing that you don't see is that then I pay for it from this tiny, angry human for like three weeks while he catches up on his routine. Totally. You got to decide what's worth it. I know. And if that's worth it to you, then make it happen. What I realize is like camping in New Hampshire wasn't worth it to me to like, yeah, like 
potentially be in a tent and have the baby wake up every two hours, whereas at home they'd sleep 12 hours. You know, it's like, I just like every once in a while it's worth it to me, but not to make it as regular a thing as I had hoped and dreamed it would be, you know? And that's fine. Yeah. What does your husband do? He's an ad something. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I like it. That's good. (laughs) He works for a big tech company and I don't know. I don't know what he does all day, guys. <laughs> we don't talk Maybe about work at back. all. <laughs> well, that was basically my lead-up question into how has it been, like, getting back into running as a mom, especially with two small ones and, like, family support and stuff. That's such a common question I get of people being like, how am I going to do it? And I'm like, well, do you have a partner? Yeah, the partner support is everything. If if you don't have that, it does make it far more difficult. Um, also, the, like your flexibility of work. So, like, we have childcare. Um, me and my husband both like to work out in the morning, and obviously, that's not possible. Uh, can't just leave your kids in your house as much as I'd love to do. That. <laughs> no, but every time somebody's like, "I have a dog," I know what it's like. I'm like, mm, last uh, time they put a lid on the crib and left, I like know. people didn't like it. We cage our kids. Um, so yeah, so we use alternate every morning. And he gets to ride his bike or I run. And on the days that are not my days, because I have work flexibility now, after they go to daycare, I get my workout in. So like this morning, I'll probably go for like a walk or hop on the bike for a half hour after I talk to you. And like, that's just how I get it done. When I was working at the hospital, there was no flexibility there. And so that was a lot harder. And I'm aware that many jobs are like that. So sometimes you just don't. And I think that that's kind of also one of the biggest learning curves for me is like, I don't know, sometimes you only work out two or three times a week. And that just has to be okay, because that's the season of life that we're in. And weekends for me, like, while it makes the most sense for most people to work out on the weekends, because you have the support of your partner, hopefully not working, um, is actually not when I really want to work out. Cause that's like family time to me. So like I, if I'm training for something that requires a longer run, I do them on Monday mornings and Connor just picks up the slack and he's like with them sometimes through the whole morning into drop off. And I just don't see them cause I'm out there for two and a half hours. Um, or they start at 5am or in the fours and again, safety is always like a concern with those hours, but, um, do my best to be smart and cross my fingers. And (laughs) that's kind of like what I've learned. I don't make big ostentatious goals right now. Like even just like, like my, honestly, my number one goal for New York was to get to the starting line healthy. And like, as a woman who's 18 months postpartum with her second, people are like, oh, that's a year and a half. That's a long time. Like, that's really just not that much time. It's not. It's not. It takes a long time. And the studies, you must know as a PT, like things are coming out more and more that like this like six week magic button to go running and it's not a real thing. (laughs) It's not a real thing. And I mean, it took me nine months to feel like myself after my first and 12 months after my second. And that doesn't mean I didn't start running. I started running probably six months postpartum with both, but like to truly feel like myself, it took over a year. And so to then run a marathon at 18 months was like a little bit scary in terms of what, how my, it would beat up my body. So yeah, just getting to the starting line healthy was like the biggest goal. And 
sometimes you only get to run three or four times a week and that's okay because that's what you can manage. And that's what also like your body can handle too. So when you're a lifelong runner, it's there. And it, and, and it does make you feel more like yourself when you get out there for sure. So like there is a mental health component there, but man, for it to be even on our radar for the first 12 months, um, makes me sad. I don't know. It does. I just want to take a quick second to thank our sponsors. Our first one is Athletic Greens. And I started taking AG1 from Athletic Greens back in August because I needed to make sure I was getting everything in my body for optimal performance, recovery, sleep, and immune system. And it's really hard to do. So this is just such an easy way to make sure I'm getting it in every single day. So I take it in the morning. It's the first thing I do while I'm making my coffee. And I feel like I've started my day off on the right foot. And I've also started sneaking a little bit into my son's smoothies in the morning and it actually tastes good. So he doesn't know it's there. So when he has days where he just isn't going to eat all the fruit and vegetables that he needs, I feel really good about the fact that he is getting 75 super high quality vitamins and minerals and whole food source ingredients that deliver benefits like mood, immune system and sleep support and so much more. The number one thing I'm finding is that my gut health is improving. And the more I keep learning, the more I'm realizing that your gut is the key to almost everything from your physical health to even your mental health. So if you want to take ownership of your health, today is a good time to start. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com backslash TRWP. That's athleticgreens backslash TRWP for Trail Running Women podcast and check it out. Our next sponsor is Oladance Earbuds. So these are open earbud design, which means they're truly comfortable and amazing for podcast listeners, runners, and music listeners. If you are listening to more than two hours a day, these are for you. They never enter the ear, so there's no ear fatigue. They're anti-hear loss, meaning that they're perfect for podcast or music listening while you are running, exercising, cleaning the house, or whatever it is that you're doing, but they fit securely and stay firm on your ears. They also have a three times bigger dynamic driver, meaning that it is a wearable stereo with 360 degrees superior sound. The best part for us is that they are safe. So even though you are listening to your favorite podcast, brackets, this one, you never lose track of what's happening around you, which is keeping you safe while keeping you in the moment. So right now, you can check them out at oladance.com backslash TRW. That's O-L-A-D-A-N-C-E dot com backslash TRW and use discount code TRW20 to get 20% off your first purchase. That is an amazing deal. So go check them out oladance.com backslash trw use discount code trw20 at checkout for trail running women that's trw20 at checkout for 20 percent off and to feel like you need it to have your identity like it does. yeah you can just you can just chill because your kid's gonna go to daycare soon enough just wait it's <laughs> gonna go to daycare you're gonna get into the swing you're gonna get into like your it's it's oh my gosh before like 12 to 18 months, like, don't even worry about it. But like, how could you ever tell that to a new mom? Like, it's just something you almost have to experience. So then like the second time around, I was just in so much better of a headspace because I just knew, um, I knew that eventually like I'm somebody, (laughs) 
Uh, this is like another thing I didn't know. I gain more weight postpartum than I do during pregnancy. Oh yeah. No, I have a lot of friends that oh, like my that. Word. It's so, and it's hard because you're like, wait, like I come home from the hospital weighing more and I'm like, I just birthed a nine pound baby. How do I weigh more? <laughs> um, and like, I like in order to nurse my babies or to pump or whatever, And then even afterwards, like my body holds on to all of the weight that I have. Like it does not let me release it because it wants it to produce the milk. And so that's just how my body works. My body holds on to 50 excess pounds for at least a year. And it doesn't matter how much running I do. And that's really hard because you're just like, oh man, I would love to feel like myself again. But oh my gosh, to the moms, like I just want to be like it gets better. And you also get used to like having this new body and, and appreciating your body for what it's doing. Um, but so like the second, so the second baby, I knew what was coming and that helped immensely because I was like, I've done it once before I can do it again. And also the second baby I got on, um, uh, medication the day I left the hospital for postpartum anxiety. And that made a huge difference too. Oh yeah. That's a good one. And people also, for some reason, want to shy away from that still when it's like, you're just crying all the time for no reason. Like it's okay to get help for this. It's okay. It's okay. And even if you're not right, like for Jack, I wasn't crying all the time. I didn't have like those, all the hallmark like um, symptoms of like, you're depressed. It just was like this overall feeling of I guess, intensity, intense emotion. And I just didn't realize what it was. I didn't know what it was. And so then once I figured that out, like I, like in retrospect, I was like, oh my God, the first six months I was in the dark, I was like in the weeds. And so then the second time around, I was like, give me the meds. And it, it's just a tiny little dose. It makes no difference. It does not like touch your breast milk. Like you don't have to worry about any of the side effects. Well, okay, that I shouldn't say that. Some people do have side effects, but um, but for me it didn't, and it was a, such a game changer for my postpartum experience. It was wildly better. So, oh, that's so good to know. For anyone like, I- who should reach out to, like, if anyone's thinking about it, reach out to your doctor and talk about it because it's a great option. Do you actually? That's a good question. So, when I, like I was doing the podcast when I had my son, and I was kind of just having all of the feelings. Um, and also just being so tired and I don't do well on no sleep. And I remember getting one bad review out of the like hundreds of good ones. And instead of focusing on the good ones, I was like, so distraught over this one bad review. And I was like crying, like almost shaking and like, I'm going to quit it. There's no point in doing this. And like, this could have been a robot. Like I have no idea. Um, and my husband was just like, go to bed. It was like 6 PM. And I was like, it's just like, this was the end of the world. I was like sweating, like everybody hates me. Um, and then like now I'm like, well, that was ridiculous. So being as public as you are now, especially the last, I guess, like having a younger child, um, do you have any negativity that comes from people and how do you deal with that? Um, so I'm, on my personal Instagram, which is where a majority of the people follow me, it's been such a good, positive 
community that has kind of been formed. And in many ways, that's why I don't want it to grow much bigger because like, I don't need a million followers. I don't need even a hundred thousand followers. Like I, I like this community that's been built. Like the people who send me DMS, I do my best to respond to most. And it's become kind of like a regular conversation. You know, it's like you're meeting these people on the internet. Um, So I feel really lucky. Uh, I've been making some videos for brands and one of them is Brooks. And like, I actually choose not to look at the mess, the, the comments when they post my videos, because I know it's a much broader audience. And Mm -hmm. the very first video that they posted, this actually made me laugh out loud. Um, there were two messages that, two, uh, comments that I saw. One was, um, is she trying to be funny? Is this supposed to be funny? And then the other one was, um, are you trying to sell your product with this? Because I'm never going to buy it. And I like laughed out loud and I was like, okay. Like, but then it also taught me, like, it didn't bother me, but I was like, if it were something more personal, it would bother me. And so I know better now. I don't even look at any of them. Um, I'll look at the ones on my own, but if something like takes off, like a couple videos have taken off where I get a good amount of comments. To be honest, I stop looking at them once it gets to a point where I know the algorithm is taking it because then it's reaching outside my community. Does that make sense? Totally. That's a really good way of looking at it. So Um, once, yeah, once the algorithm takes something on the wave, there's no stopping it. And there's no reason that some videos get taken and some others, I don't know how it works, but like once I know something's like really like the comments start building up, I stop looking because I'm like, this could very easily go in the other direction where, where people are just going to start being mean. And I just don't need it. I, I, I'm a mom. (laughs) I got shit to do. I don't need to be on my phone looking at messages, making fun of how not funny I am. So uh, I don't know. (laughs) No, that's great. That's such a good like way of kind of dealing with it and just being like aware of the the garbage that can be the internet. So you don't, you don't have yeah, to look at it or engage with it. It's such garbage most of the times. <laughs> so let's get into some of your stuff a little bit before we run out of time here. Cause it's coming very fast. So it looks like as with seems to happen with content creators, you like post a couple videos that start to take off and then just get on a roll. And then in your case, get to take a big break and do this exclusively. So talk us a bit through like how this got going and like what started to percolate in your mind where you're like, whoa, this could actually just like be a thing I do. Yeah. Um, So last year, this time last year, I started a video production company called Folktale Film and I was doing um, legacy videos for people where I would like interview someone all about their life and Um, it would be saved for like their grandkids and great grandkids. And I really loved doing that. Um, but something still creatively wasn't like, was it getting scratched? Um, and so my friend Sasha was like, you should start doing more comedy based stuff. Like, but you need to be in front of the camera. And I was like, no, thank you. (laughs) Um, but I was like, okay, maybe I'll just do one or two. And so, I did the first two and then they did really well. And at the time, like, I think it was like 10,000 views. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) I couldn't believe how many people had watched it. And I had like 2000 followers on Instagram. So I was like, wow, this is so crazy. And because of November project, um, 
they have a partnership. I'm no longer working with them, but I used to work with them for years and um, they had a, they have a partnership with Brooks running. And so I had a contact there and kind of just from being in the running community for so long and through NP, I have a good amount of contacts over like a few different brands. Um, so I'm really lucky in that way. And so I emailed it to Brooks and I was like, do you guys like interested in more of these? And they were the first person to pe- people to like perk up and be like, yep, yep. We, we want more. Like this is really fun. And so that kind of like got me going and into thinking like, oh, maybe I could do this and for other brands as well and for other things. And um, because I know, because I started that video production company, it's like, I know how to use a camera as well. And I think that that's been the big difference too. Like I'm not just making these on my iPhone, which that's also great too. I'm not saying that mine are better, but like it's a different feel. And I don't know. I just, I got really into like figuring out how to, (laughs) how to film myself. Like I do these all by myself. So like (laughs) it's a lot of like tripods and like (laughs) me filming myself in the woods, like a complete weirdo. Um, so yeah. And then I started getting more work. I also was getting more legacy videos. I was getting more of everything. And it just got hard to work at the hospital because I was asking for so much time off. And I was like, all right, I think I'm just going to take a break because I have enough work through the end of the year to sustain me. Um, and now it's completely taken off. So I'm really, really happy that I, I stopped working because I, to balance those two would have been so hard. And so, yeah, so full time, I'm like creating videos for brands. I'm also doing two or three legacy videos a month. I'm doing, um, just some random stuff, like, like participating with, um, believe in the run and new balance in New York city. Like that was a big kind of chunk of content that I had to produce. Um, so it's been kind of like a little bit of everything. I really want to do more live show entertainment type deal. Like I would love to kind of do more hosting and that type of stuff, but I'm kind of reimagining where I would fit into this run world. So like, would I be like a traditional host? Like I'm not really interested in that too much. Like I want to do something a little bit different. So kind of like dreaming up what it would look like and then trying to sell it to these brands, especially around like marathons or trail runs or something like that. Well, everybody loves a beginner story, like a road to your first ultra or something, but like with a hilarious. Right, right. Well, that's like a lot of, a lot of content creators end up choosing one or two marathons a year. And then all their content is about training for that said marathon. And I just don't think that's me because like I, while I did it for New York, like I'm not someone who runs more than one marathon a year (laughs) and I don't have any like real interest in it. Like it's very, um, somewhat mundane to me, like just getting out and running kind of the same miles every day. And so trying to like figure out how to mix it up and keep things more interesting, like maybe even just like branch into different sports in the outdoor industry in general. Um, That's how I got into my first goal of like my life was to start a blog of doing every sport in the world. Um, well, turns out there's like 8,000 of them. And some of them you play with like dead goats. And I was like, what did I just get myself into? Wait, and like, and like you did it to yourself. That's the best part. <laughs> and then I went to do like trail running to take that off my box. And I was like, you know what? Probably just never gonna do anything else. This is good now. 
<laughs> well, it's so interesting because like I do want to branch out and like um I have been like like eyeing some like gravel bike races and like things like that. Um that would be very, very fun to dip my toe in, especially as a beginner. Um yes. because the 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 run world is so small and I do think that like I could just live in this space, but like I don't necessarily want to just live in this space. And so um, we'll see, we'll see where it takes me, you know, like hopefully my humor can transcend into other sports or maybe I'll just have to come back to running. Cause like <laughs> runners are just like a little bit more predictable and what they find funny. <laughs> Well, okay. So that is my next question. How do you come up with your things? Because they're so like, yeah, that first cup of coffee in the morning is basically crack. Like it's the closest I feel like a smoker ever where I'm like, this is must be what it's like for them. (laughs) Um, The like, no one cares thing, I think is something that we have told a close friend who's hyperventilating about a race for like our whole life, but nobody's like been able to articulate it well enough to put into a video. So are you just like on the bus and think about these things or when do you come up with your ideas? Yeah. Honestly, a lot of it comes up, uh, when I'm running because your brain just starts drifting into outer space. Um, like some of it, like some of my friends help a lot. Um, like I said, I'm surrounded by very funny runners and so people will drop ideas or text me. Um, some will come up with like a base and then I make it kind of more of a skit. Um, So yeah, like it's definitely more of a collaborative experience, um, which I enjoy. Like I wish I had like a team of like, like I picture myself sitting down with SNL writers. Like I want a whole kitchen table full of writers. Like, and I I would be happy to not even be in any of them. Like I would love to just like write them for other people to do (laughs) because I don't find myself particularly funny, but I think that like the premise of these jokes is just a lot of them are like almost like like layups, right? Like, you know, that people will laugh at themselves. Like they'll see themselves in the taper video. And like that, like that one didn't take very long to make because I was like, well, we all know what, what the two people are that like to taper or don't like, you know, it's like, if you've been a lifelong runner, like this stuff is not that some of it's creative. Some of it's not creative at all. Some of it is just some things that we've been joking about for years or like talking about for years. And I just like put it on a video. Um, so I don't know. It's it's a combination of both. I'm by myself all the time <laughs> now that I'm doing this, which is a bummer because actually one of my favorite parts of being a PT is working on a team. So like it actually it's kind of the worst, like working from home all day alone. So at times I'll just call my friends out of the blue and I'll be like, so got anything funny for me? And like, like, even if they don't, like the two of us on that call can sometimes brainstorm something that turns into something completely different, but like, it just helps talking it out. Um, so I feel really lucky in that sense. I just wish I had people in Boston, like boots on the ground that like could help me make these. Um, cause it just would be so much more fun for me. <laughs> totally. You're right. And they're like, yes and part of being with a group is like where the super funny stuff comes up isn't it right yeah or like on a run like my my best uh running friend in boston is pregnant which sucks because <laughs> yeah eight of them i get it running. I can to not running anymore and i'm like damn it <laughs> um but now very happy for her <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so like the, like those types of things like oh 
I had such a strong, I haven't like developed my running crew in Boston. Um, because when I moved here, I was pregnant. It's just been like a whole lot of pregnancy and postpartum. And so I miss my SF crew of like just every morning being out there and, and laughing our asses off, you know, um, it's such a good feeling. So got to find it. I got to find it here. You will. I'm sure. I'm sure you will. Um, okay. Couple of last questions on like a personal note. What are your long-term running goals? Like just for the sport of running. Hmm. Like personal, like, like for me. Yeah. Um, okay. So I go back and forth because I am a very competitive person. So like, it's not like, Oh, I'm just going to go out there and have fun. Like I will never be that person. I like to go out and have large chunks of training that are slow miles, not training for anything like that I can do, but like, I will never sign up for a race just to have fun. (laughs) I will only step on a starting line ready to race. Um, so I probably just won't race for a year. <laughs> um, but no, I would like my ultimate goal is to run well into my life. Now, what I have to do to do that, like if that means not race hard or that means like take better care of my body by only running three or four days a week, like I will do whatever it takes to run for as long as I can in my life. Um, so like that's always number one. But I personally would love a new PR in the half. I would, I, and I also want to try out the 10K. I've actually never run a road 10K. Um, Isn't that so funny how that happens? You're like, oh, I've never, run, I've never run a road 5K. I've never run a road 5K. <laughs> Isn't that so weird? That's I like went from like, like track to the marathon. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, no. Just get Why as far away from that 800 meters as possible. <laughs> um, the 5K honestly seems way too fast for me at this. Oh, it's stage. absolutely terrible. So I feel like the 10K, but the half might be a, a good spot for me. Your your half PR is quite quick already, isn't it? Well, it was also, I believe, on a somewhat downhill course in Berkeley. Where in, mm-hmm. are you? Where on the West Coast are you? I'm in Vancouver. Oh, okay. You're right. Canadian. Um. But yeah, uh, the course was very fast. It's a 127 something, but it's it was a fast course. So I would I would be open to a downhill half. <laughs> um, uh, but and like to properly train, like like let's see if I like do speed work and then like I don't know that was like way before carbon shoes. So like how much extra can I get out of those carbon shoes? You know, like give me some super shoes and see how much faster I can go. Um, uh, but yeah, and then like I I would get back on the trails again. I never have. I will say as as competitive as I am, and I was very competitive in that fifty k that I ran because I was running against friends. Um, which again, no mercy. I'm not here to like run with you in a fifty k. I'm here to beat you in the fifty k. Yes. But but like I'm at the point with trail running, especially around Boston, where it's not as accessible as like SF. Whereas I think I would just like enjoy being out there. It's a different experience than a road race. You're not worried about time. It's just like, it's, it's more just like the challenge. So 
I'd be open to it, especially if it was like somewhere cool that I've never been. And I really, well, that's the cool part. If you want to just do a long fun, like build of just fun miles. And then you do like a competitive hundred K or something. And you're like trying to go fast while like not puke on your shoes. And it's like this whole other like set of problems to solve. It is. It is. It's a whole other set. I, I just think it, it's like the perfect, um, like we were talking about UTMB when we were there. I was there filming content for Spring Energy, and we, me and my friends, were talking about doing UTMB, but not like how it's almost just like a really nice couple days. <laughs> because like I've me and my husband before we even knew what trail running was, we hiked it and the TMB. We hiked it and we went hut to hut. And we like slept overnight. I think it took us five days, right? And it was lovely. Um, but I was like, it's kind of nice if like you're in the back of the pack and you're hiking most of it, but like you also have these set places where there's food and hydration and medical waiting for you. Like how lovely. Yeah, it's a catered, it's a, just a catered trip. Yeah. Catered hike. It's a catered hike and you pay like $10,000 to do it, but it's worth it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'd be like open to some type of adventure. I'm, I was messaging with someone who's going to South Africa for, uh, their, they have a UTMB, right? Like not UTMB, but they have a, uh, a big ultra race down there. And I'm like, all right, who do I need to talk to about like getting down to South Africa? Yeah. It looks all, it looks awful. It's very hot. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but like, I have no interest in traveling for a road race. Does that make sense? I yes. My husband and I did a 90K through the Swiss Alps for our honeymoon oh. and it was absolutely gorgeous. And it was like, I would never have got to go to most of that terrain or felt safe enough had it not been like an organized race. Right. Like someone's like, someone has you like tagged, like they know, they know you're out there. <laughs> my husband just went to work. So my kid just showed up. Oh, what's his name? Baker. Hey, Baker. He can't hear you because my headphones are in, but he waits. Can you say say hi? (laughs) Um, Okay, so we will go. I was going to ask you so much about NYC, but I feel like you're so easy to chat to. I just got way more into mom stuff, but that was also awesome to hear. Um, I do want to ask, with someone with such a positive mindset, obviously in a marathon and you ran super fast, um, you're going to have moments where you're like, this is really, really hard. What kind of things do you say to yourself to get through the toughest moments? Oh, so I, um, this one in particular, maybe cause it was so warm and so like, okay. I, a little like race breakdown for you. I did no hill training, which was bad idea. And then also I will say I was in the new balance shoes that kind of roll you forward as all carbon shoes do my body like has never really adjusted well to those. And so while they are very comfortable and fast, um, they kind of would hurt my quads a lot in every single run. And I was really hoping that I'd get to rest day and then I would just be like, fine, (laughs) but it didn't work out that way. And like, as we came down that steep bridge, uh, off Staten Island, you're only at mile two and already my quads were screaming at me, especially my IT bands. And I was like, uh oh. And it's because they weren't used to like the, the steep downhills. And also my quads were like not loving the shoes. And so 
Anyways, that was my big trouble throughout New York. Like by mile seven, my legs were like fully shut down to the point where, you know, when you feel like you're kind of running on stilts because your quads are like off. <laughs> They're like, I do. Done. Mile seven's awfully early for, for it's that. It's so early. It's so early. But I was like, this I can handle. Like the really dehydrated people, like they were going to have to stop and walk, but like turned off quads. I'll just have to slow down a little and I'll be fine. I'll just manage to get there. Um, so me and my stilt legs made it through 26 miles, but the hardest parts were actually the downhills off the bridges. I was welcoming up hills. The downhills were like screaming at me. And the thing that I did, which I've always done is I put my head down on the grind. So like I'll watch people's feet in front of me and I'll put my hat down, like way over my eyes. There's no distraction. I don't listen to music just watching their feet. And as long as I watch their feet and I like, like concentrate on the rhythm of my breath, like people talk about the Queensboro bridge. I think because everyone hyped it up as being the hardest part of the race, everyone was dreading it. And so was I, but it actually ended up being like this really meditative moment for me where I was like, okay, let's take a breath. There's no crowds. Like I can just watch someone's feet and just grind. And like that actually makes the miles go by way faster than me for me than like getting into the crowds and like, cheering alongside them and like, like smiling at them. Like that's all fun, but like that will make the race so much longer for me. So like if anyone actually saw me out there, like my hat was down over my eyes, <laughs> just like just looking down at the person's feet in front of me, like looking like I was having a miserable time. I was enjoying it, but that was the only way to get me through. And it went by so much faster. <laughs> that way. So I don't know, just put your head down and grind. That's just sometimes what you got to do to survive. No, that's exactly what Ellie Greenwood said. That was like her exact quote. And she has like the hundred mile women's record of all time. She's like, you just have to put your head down and run. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so so much. That. Yeah. That means you have to go do the comrades marathon. Yeah. That one. Right. Like no interest. I couldn't have <laughs> left interest. <laughs> okay. Fair. <laughs> um, okay. So last couple of questions. After a long run or a long race, actually, a long marathon, what is your favorite post-race meal? Oh, pizza. I'm a huge pizza fan. It's usually my pre-race and my post-race meal. (laughs) Actually, this year we had these huge burgers. I think that my body just craves protein. um, And so the burger always feels good, too. Yeah. And like the the salt and the thickness and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Extra salt on those fries. Yes. If you could describe running in three words, what would they be? Ooh, um, freeing, uh, consistent, and I don't know if like this is like a descriptive word, but I would just put it as identity. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's also scary, but I like it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> if I break my leg. I got some problems. Okay, one sec, buddy. He just pooped, so he can just sit there and wait for me to wipe his butt for just a second. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great way to end this. <laughs> smell it through the, through the computer. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much. If our listeners want to see all the amazing things we chatted about from your Instagram, where can they find you and or website and all your stuff? Plug your stuff. Yeah, all my stuff is kind of 
on Instagram at Laura McGreen. Uh, my name is Laura Green, but uh, McCluskey is my my uh, maiden name, so it stays in there. I have like eight followers on TikTok. If you want to follow me there, nice. <laughs> For all you Gen Zers out there, find me on TikTok. Uh, all right, awesome. Well, I'll link to that in the show notes as well. And I better. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. And I will um, shoot you an email to tell you some follow-up stuff from this. Awesome. Thank you so much.